Your body is alive, not just with your own human cells, but with a multitude of thriving ecosystems teeming with billions of microbes that contribute to our health and our well-being. Welcome to the Gut Academy. I'm Dr. William DiPaolo, immunologist, microbiome expert, and healthy living enthusiast. This podcast is for anybody interested in discovering more about the 40 trillion microbes that live within and on us, to those who want to change their microbiome in order to live a healthier, happier life. Here at the Gut Academy, we will provide you with information, tips, and life hacks that will help you make choices that will benefit your microbial self and change your life. Thank you for joining us. to another episode of the Gut Academy. I'm your host, Dr. William DePaulo. Today, we're going to start a series of podcasts that are focused on individual microbes that are present in your gut microbiome. We're going to spotlight them, discuss them in a little bit of detail, and put together a whole series about maybe 10 of these. The first bacteria that I'd like to talk about is Acromensia mucinophila. This was identified in 2004, so it's fairly recent. And it's a bacteria that inhabits the mucus layer of the large intestine. Like its name suggests, mucinophila literally means to love mucus. So this guy really likes to be right in the thick of that mucus layer. Acromensia mucinophila uses mucins that are p- present and are the building blocks of mucus as a food and energy source. We also know that Acromensia mucinophila is more abundant in healthy individuals and it's actually considered a marker of a healthy, happy gut. Acromensia is also part of a group of bacteria called keystone microbes that are present in our gut that help feed other microbes and are very important to maintaining the diversity and the commensal milieu in our gut. So what's so special about acromensia? Well, to understand that, we have to first look at the intestinal lining. Our intestinal barrier is consists of epithelial cells arranged in a single layer. Above those epithelial cells is a mucus layer, and that mucus layer and those epithelial cells together create a physical barrier between bacteria, toxins, and food in our intestine and our bloodstreams and our organs and our tissues. They also function as a way to filter beneficial substances through the epithelial layer into bloodstream that we can use. The reason we want to keep the bacteria and the food and the toxins on the inside of our intestine is because we don't want them to get access to our organs and our blood because this could potentially cause sickness, it could cause inflammation, and it could could turn into a long-term disease or chronic disease. So the mucus layer and these epithelial cells are really important defensive barrier that we have, and it's really important to keep that barrier as tight as possible. Acromensia does this and helps contribute to our lining and our barrier by digesting that mucus layer. As it eats the mucus, it causes the cells that produce mucus to make more mucus. So actually, acromensia is responsible for thickening of the mucus layer and allows better turnover of mucus that creates that barrier. Acromensia is also being considered a next generation probiotic. Now just as a reminder, a probiotic is any microorganism that when administered in a sufficient dose gives some sort of health benefit. And you're probably familiar with microbes like lactobacillus and bifidobacterium on your health food labels and your probiotic labels. You'll see these in foods such as kefir or kombucha. Acromensia is being considered as a next generation probiotic because it can boost immunity and reduce inflammation. And in part it does does this through its actions at the mucus layer. By keeping that barrier nice and tight and not allowing any permeability, you create an environment that's going to have less translocation of toxins and bacteria and that's going to keep and that's going to reduce inflammation and keep your immune system from overreacting. We know that in a lot of diseases like IBD, inflammatory bowel disease, obesity, irritable and irritable bowel syndrome that there's an involvement of a leaky gut and that 
is what contributes to some symptoms of this disease. And acromensia, by boosting that mucus layer, can help treat the symptoms and combat some of these symptoms that are seen in people that suffer from some of these diseases. Acromensia is also very self-sufficient, meaning that it doesn't rely on us to feed it through the foods that we eat. It actually just uses the mucus in our bodies. So if we don't eat anything, if we're not giving nutrients to our gut, acromensia will still be dividing and, and still thriving because as long as that mucus layer is still being generated. As it digests the mucus layer, Acromensia produces molecules called short-chain fatty acids, and in particular, it produces one short-chain fatty acid called acetate. Short-chain fatty acids are molecules that are very important for gut health and even have an effect in our systemic organs and tissues. Acetate that's produced by acromensia can be then used by other microbes in the gut to produce more short-chain fatty acids. So for instance, Fecalobacterium prosnitzii, which we have a podcast on, so check that out, uses acetate to produce butyrate. And butyrate is a really important short-chain fatty acid that has an effect at the blood-brain barrier, as well as can affect the intestinal barrier and is an immune-suppressive agent and interacts with the immune system in the gut. It's a very important molecule, and so acromensia contributes to the levels of butyrate through this idea of cross-feeding, where it produces acetate through the digestion of mucus and another microbe uses that acetate to produce something that's healthy for our bodies. And that whole thing is called cross-feeding and it's a very important part of the ecology of the microbiome and the, the ecology of the gut. We know that Acromensia mucinophila has been shown to be less abundant in individuals with obesity, diabetes, hypertension, IBD, inflammatory bowel disease. And we know that if you're lean and healthy, you have lots more acromensia compared with diabetes, obesity, or hypertension, as well as inflammatory bowel disease or irritable bowel syndrome. This doesn't necessarily mean that low levels of acromensia cause these diseases. It just, it could be very much a consequence of the inflammation that's going on with people who have obesity, diabetes, hypertension, or inflammatory bowel disease. In the field of the microbiome, we have no idea if these bacteria are, or these changes in the bacteria are actually a cause or a consequence of the disease. So all we can say is that there's an association of lower levels of acromensia in people that suffer from these disorders. We do know that when you supplement patients with some of these disorders or these diseases with acromensia, it's well tolerated and can help reduce biomarkers that are associated with liver dysfunction, inflammation, and even reduce cholesterol. And so these are some of the reasons why this bug is being considered as a next generation probiotic. So what do you do if you want to increase your levels of acromensia mucinophila? You can't go to the supplement store and buy a probiotic with acromensia because it's still being researched. So the safety and efficacy of these, those drugs that have acromensia are not yet known. So you just can't go out and find a pill with acromensia in it. We don't know how well tolerated it will be in humans yet. So what we can do is we can look towards our diets in order to modulate levels of acromensia. And so there are two major types of food that can help increase acromensia. The first are foods that are high in polyphenols. Polyphenols are compounds that are found in most fruits and vegetables and they're powerful antioxidants and they possess anti-inflammatory properties. Some examples of foods high in polyphenols are cranberries, grapes, green tea, black tea, and walnuts. These foods are very rich in polyphenols and how this works is that when you ingest some of these foods with polyphenols, the polyphenols stimulate the production of mucus. And when you have more mucus, you have more food for acromensia to use, and then it will start growing more and it will start dividing and proliferating and, and maybe become more robust in your gut because you're stimulating that mucus production. So by allowing your body to make more mucus, you're actually feeding the acromensia that's there. The other food type that, might, that has been shown to feed acromensia is something called fructooligosaccharide. 
peptides. These are a prebiotic and are found in foods like bananas, garlic, asparagus, onions, and sometimes they're found in artificial sweeteners. The fructooligosaccharides resist digestion in the small intestine and they make it to the colon intact where they can be used by the commensal microbes like acrobensia as an energy source. The only issue with fructooligosaccharides is that they can be problematic for people that suffer irritable bowel syndrome due to their poor digestibility. This can lead to symptoms like gas or flatulence and abdominal discomfort. Before you start increasing these levels of foods in your diet, and you have a gut disorder or any sort of gut dysfunction, you want to talk to your doctor about adding those foods, especially that are high in fructooligosaccharides. That basically sums up the tale of acromancia mucinophila. Uh, hopefully you learned something new. You have a new appreciation for mucus in your gut. Until next time, I'm William DePaulo. Thank you. This is the Gut Academy.